Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast, a convenient place where you can stay up to date on what's popular in the swine industry. By listening to Popular Pig, you will receive invaluable information on the latest trends, news, and research from various experts who guide the global pork industry. Popular Pig is brought to you by Swine Tech, the award-winning creators of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how PigFlow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com. Popular Pig is also made possible by the National Pork Board, Intervention, Crystal Spring, Johnsonville Foods, High Pork Genetics, Minitube, Brenneman Pork, Fibro Animal Health, Swine Robotics, Innovative Heating, and PigEquipment.com. Brought to you by American Resources. Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast. My name is Matthew Rode, your host for today's episode. Today we're joined by Chris Grant to talk about how heat mats are back. How are you doing today, Chris? You're good, Matt. How are you doing? Doing great. Excited to have you on the podcast. We've been trying to plan this for a while. You've got one amazing story, a story that is very unique in our industry. You are probably the go-to of any trade show event when it comes to producers. They always got to stop by Innovative Heating, whether it's you or any of your team members, and we'll get to them. But to start, I really want to start with you, your background, and how you got into the swine industry, but don't don't just jump into your story yet. Just tell us how you got here. You got her, man. No problem. So kind of a an interesting background I got. Um, I'm probably one of the only guys in the whole industry that do not does not actually have a uh, background in agriculture. My dad was a farmer, grew up in Saskatchewan. They sold off basically everything in the 60s, um, and they moved the whole family out to Vancouver. Uh, from Saskatchewan. So West Coast guy, grew up out there. Uh, my aunt and uncle actually have a farm in Saskatchewan. They just sold off a few years ago, but it's mostly cattle. And I spent a lot of summers out there, but born and raised in Vancouver in a city with about 3 million people. Um, went to school out there and raised in the city. So it's kind of a different story that way. And then worked my way across the country, lived in Alberta for 10 years, and then ended up uh, where I am now in Toronto. How did you get in Toronto? Well, it was basically, uh, I, I moved here. I was running a large plastics manufacturing company. So that's kind of what moved me across the country. Um, basically, yeah. So I had about 100 people report to me in three different divisions. We had a plant in Montreal, one in Toronto, and one in Vancouver. So I kind of oversaw all operations, full P&L, and uh, sales, marketing, everything for the Canadian division. It was an American company based on Chicago, but yeah, I lived in Toronto, been here now for about 14, 15 years, about 15 years now. So you, uh, you said you didn't grow up in ag, but you're pretty dangerous when it comes to pigs today, or are you, uh, you still, still, uh, you yeah. still learning? Oh, I'm still learning. I figure the only <laughs> thing I'd be able to do in a barn is maybe operate the pressure washer. Maybe that's about it. Um, I do like bacon though. That's where it uh, got me right into this market. So to start things off, I have some rapid fire questions I'm going to ask you, and uh, we'll if you don't like it, you can hit pass, and we'll go from there. But uh, what is your favorite D1 program in the U.S.? Because Canadian sports don't count unless it's hockey. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Favorite D1 program? Okay, I know you're going to push me for an Iowa school here. Uh, no, I want a story here because I know you've been to a lot of games. Yeah. So realistically, I would say favorite D1 program because I actually went 
to a football game there it was amazing was University of Tennessee. Absolutely one of the most amazing tailgate party on the river. Whole, like everything about that stadium, everything about that city, just amazing. Saw them play Bama in that, uh, in that stadium. Wasn't the game from this year. I was going to say, it wasn't the game from this year, was it? Oh, they got <laughs> run out of the stadium. It was a Peyton Manning um, comeback game. He did the big introduction. They started off okay, and then it was basically got railroaded by, uh, by Bama. So do you have any big memories from that game? Like, what is an SEC game like? It is, it's absolutely amazing. It's, it's different. Um, I know I'm going to, people in the Big Ten and that are probably going to be, big fans are going to be mad at me and all this, but uh, it's different. One, it's, games are always hot. It's always warm weather games. You don't have to worry about the cold. You don't have to worry about the snow. The atmosphere, um, it's just they are there. Everything about it as you're walking up the stadium. Went to a game in Bama. You're walking up. It's just electric. Everything about the whole stadium, the whole experience is just, it's something else. It's, yeah, it's highly memorable. Top, top 10 thing I've done in my life when it comes to sports. So second question, is there an actor or actress that you love or just can't stand? <laughs> oh boy, this is going to be a good one. Ah, I am this. I'm going down a path here. People are going to hate it. I'm a huge Will Ferrell fan. <laughs> I can totally see that. <laughs> I just love his humor. I love everything about it. I don't know what it is. The guy is just, he cracks me up every time I see him. He's so funny. What's his, what's your favorite movie with Will Ferrell? Boy, you know what? I'd say old school. Old school. Okay. I love old school or Step Brothers. Both those movies, like, yeah, they're just, so funny yeah don't touch my drum set so <laughs> exactly so what was your last impulse buy last impulse buy man that's a good one let me think about this i oh i don't really buy a lot of stuff on impulse <laughs> my wife on the other hand yeah she has an amazon oh. issue i really don't buy a lot of impulse stuff what was her last impulse i will buy? need to make it well, I will tell you, I will need to buy a new snowblower because my wife uh, broke my snowblower here while I was away in Brazil a couple of weeks ago with the snowfall. So I went out to uh, last week. We had about 12 inches of snow, went to use the snowblower and it wouldn't work. So at 530 in the morning, I'm uh, shoveling the driveway for almost an hour with a shovel. So that wasn't too much fun. So I'll be heading back out to get one of those, but not really impulse. It's uh, it's well needed up here some days. What is your favorite candy? Or chocolate? Favorite candy or chocolate? I'm going to tell you something here. I am not a huge chocolate guy, but man, stick some potato chips in front of me. That salty, that salty okay. potato chips, that starch, that is my weakest link. I, I can't uh, go without potato chips and that. I can handle no chocolate, but potato chips is my big thing. What is your go-to light beer? Light beer? What's that? Light beer. It has to be light beer. Oh, you're talking American beer. Oh, sure. Let's go with that. I know you guys have light beer. Don't act like you don't. <laughs> exactly. I, you know what? I'm not a big light beer guy. I'm more of a uh, you know, craft beer. I love different types of IPAs, craft beers, um, different types of beer like that. But if I was just going to sit down and have it, I'd just have a Coors Light. Coors Light. Yeah. So let's jump into it. Your story. Yeah. <clears throat> 
Innovative Heating. How did it get started? Who did you start it with? And what were some of the initial, I guess we'll start before we get into hurdles. Why did you decide to start or get involved with heating in the pig industry with no ag background? Exactly. Well, this is going to be an interesting one. So basically, I would say it would be, we purchased the assets in 2013. So I'm 10 years into this. So right before that, um, while I was running this large plastics manufacturing company, uh, we went through a couple of private equity deals. I had ownership in the company. I was working through private equity, went through two deals, working on the third one. So it's a lot of work. It's a lot of uh, headaches that go with it. A lot of changes, things you don't have, um, you don't have control over anymore. So Watching that happen, I was not really myself anymore, was not really enjoying life. And my wife came to me and said, hey, you really need to do something. You need to figure out what you want to do. Basically, I used to be the first one to work, last one home, and uh, last one of the office kind of thing. And I turned into, didn't really want to go into the office, didn't want to, I'd leave work early, try to beat traffic in Toronto. It's a nightmare here, traffic at all times. And I do a lot of work from home. I just wasn't enjoying myself. So she said, you really need to figure it out. So while all that's happening, I get a phone call from a client. So uh, before Innovative Heating, there's a company called AHSI. And uh, they phoned me. The the two owners were 70 years old. Uh, They were a client out of Winnipeg. And they had a really cool product. We did a lot of development with them. And they just, they phoned me and said, hey, do you know where to get rid of some machinery? And I was trying to figure out what they're talking about. And they said, well, we can't make a go of it anymore. We're basically just going to shut our doors and uh, roll off into the sunset. And I'm like, wait a second here, guys. I'm, <laughs> this is, I kind of, I asked them if they would not uh, solve machinery. Can we just like have a talk about this? And about uh, two months later, um, I flew out there with another gentleman and we kind of looked at everything and said, you know what, let's have some fun. And, uh, so it was kind of a weird situation. Not many guys will walk in, um, BP running a company, and just walk into their boss and say, I quit, and, uh, and end up buying this company. So I looked at it as a, a life change, uh, changing the way I was going through life at the time, and I took it as an opportunity. Uh, one of the big things I look at, I said, I could always go back and run another plastics yeah. company. I may never have a chance to do this. Um, yeah, it was like, what? When I was leaving, I had offers to go work other places, run other companies. And I said, you know what? This just isn't for me anymore. I was not enjoying life. So this was an opportunity to like make it myself, do something myself and be my own boss and and try to really start something. And that's right when I, I knew Matt before, but that's kind of where I got hooked up with Matt as well. So my business Is that partner. Matt who went with you and got this with you? Or how did you meet Matt? Um, it was actually Matt worked at the company before. Um, he was okay. doing a lot of the production stuff. I had another colleague, uh, business partner of mine, who we purchased out since. So now it's just Matt and I. But it was me and another gentleman went there and we looked at the assets and looked at everything and purchased it. It's uh, an interesting learning learning curve, man. I'm telling you, you're you're drinking from a fire hose doing it this way. So you and you and Matt are in in as business partners. You've kind of gone through the rebranding of all of this, and we'll get into why. But yeah. what was your thoughts on Matt when you met him? And oh. what what has been the business relationship with you two? Uh, what how do you operate as a person in the business? How does he operate? What are your yeah? What are your strengths? Yeah, so he is 
man, the guy, he's brilliant. He is so smart. He, I couldn't ask for a better business partner. Um, he is willing to try anything. He is willing to do anything. His big thing is we want to make the best product possible. He will do everything to make it um, the longest lasting, safest product, most energy efficient. He is the brains behind all of this. So we kind of split the company up. I take care of all sales, marketing, finance, that whole side. And he takes care of all production and operations. So, And then he takes care of the, we have a big R&D pro, um, department as well with some engineers. So it, it, we kind of split the company up that way. We, uh, we've turned into amazing friends and uh, through the whole process. So it's been, we've been basically at, hitched at the hip for about 10 years now. That's awesome. You're pretty lighthearted as an individual, but Matt, when he's talking business, man, he's got the most serious look on his face, big beard, thinking like, oh, yeah, this guy's like a hard ass. And then like all of a sudden the conversation's over and he might be one of the most creatively sarcastic individuals I've ever met. (laughs) He is one of the most quick-witted individuals I've ever met. So quick-witted. Out of nowhere, just, yeah, just sly one-timers coming off the side. And yeah, it's... We do keep it light. We keep it completely light. Our relationship, the company, the way we act, it's got to be a fun place to go to work because you know what? The last thing I wanted for anybody when I own my own company, we run this is I don't want to have to put people through what I went through for about five years of my life of just it's heartache. It wasn't fun. And I want everybody to have fun when they show up to work. So you buy this company. What was the status or the state of the company at the time? And did you have to rebrand? I I know you did. So why did you have to rebrand? Well, we went through it. We decided um, in talks with Matt, even there was a lot of issues. There was a lot of, they had clients they had for years that just loved everything about the product. Very loyal um, distribution network in Canada, clients in the States that love the product. But there was a lot of people who just hated that a bad experience with the previous owners. They came out and if there was a problem, they never fixed the problem. They just kind of let it go. Very short-sighted um, in a lot of terms. Very and transactional. Just not very transactional. And in this business, the first thing I knew about this business, talking to people is you don't do anything bad in the pork industry. It's such a tight, small market. And it's such a, a network of people that everybody knows each other. You screw one person over, everybody's going to hear about it. So basically, we just completely rebranded, kept kind of some of the trade names that we we're doing on the pork side. We still have customers now in the commercial, residential, commercial heating and stuff like that and the floor stuff. But on the, um, on the pork side, we really just rebranded the product and gave Matt full reign of everything that was going on in that product. He knew everything that was wrong with the previous ownership's um, production, he knew everything that was wrong with the product itself, all the, the little issues that anything to do with wiring, electrical. So he basically gave him free reign to make it the best he could, and it's turned out amazing. So, so can you talk about what the product is for the pork industry yeah. and how has it evolved or the validation evolved? What, is, what was that process like bringing that yeah. new rebranded product? What did it do, and what was that growth process like yeah it was it was a long journey let's put it that way um i find there's some early adopters into technology in the industry and there's most of the people will sit back i had one large producer say to me he goes i'm just going to sit back and watch this happen 
because I can take you out back to the dumpster and show you every great product that was supposed to happen. And I've got a field full of them back there. So you kind of have two different groups of people you're dealing with. So basically you had to regain everybody's trust in what we did. So the product itself itself is the most energy efficient eating system for um, baby pigs in a barn, in a farrowing barn. So it's a mat that goes under way more efficient, um, energy efficient, and lasts a lot longer than anything else there, as well as a heat lamp, which is the traditional method that's been out there. So the first couple of years was was tough. We gave product away to people to try. Um, everybody came back and was loving it that tried it. But trying to get people to try it the first time, you'll know with your, your company as well, it's very difficult to get people to try. Once they tried, it was like, wow, okay, we're seeing a difference. We're seeing numbers. The energy savings was was huge. So we kind of went from there and it just kind of, it slowly grew, slowly grew. And then now it's it's been adopted as more of a, hey, you know what? This is a great product. We've, we've seen it in the market. Uh, we have people that are publishing um, sustainability statements now. We have a couple of customers that have, basically publishing right on their website what our mats are producing. Uh, one company came back and said 57% reduction in energy. They could not believe the number. They're going, wow, that is bottom line numbers uh, when you're talking about 57% of energy consumption on top of all the consumables that go with it. So, Not, not to mention the rebates. Oh, it's crazy. Some of the rebates we've been We've been uh, involved in some of these rebates. We're right from square one. So we'll actually take our customers' um, information, their electrical co-ops. Matt will get involved. Customer service will get involved. We'll contact and go on their behalf to the energy company to put a good story together for them. Um, and they know. They've seen some of the rebates that are out there by other, um, um, other energy companies. And the numbers are hard. We've had independent engineers do studies for us. It's a it's a long road, but man, it's it's it worked out really well. Like we would basically just say no, knock on every door, never take no for an answer, and just and keep battling along. So we actually followed about four years behind this process. So by the time we were getting involved with producers and starting to see people in their barns for the first time and learn about their systems for the first time, you were starting to gain more significant traction. And so it was really cool to watch the the innovative heating story explode in the marketplace under the radar like you couldn't go to world pork and throw a stone and not hit somebody using your mats anymore it is at this point and i say this knowing like we're on a podcast and of course i want to be complimentary of what you're doing but anywhere we go and we see those mats people are speaking positively either about the rebates they're getting with the energy savings or the benefits the pigs or the lack of replacing bulbs and they had such a dislike for heat mats of the past that when i started this podcast i said the heat mats are back i'm saying that because we've had heat mats for a long time but it's been a while since people have actually liked the heat mat and they like your heat mat what was what was that like the first like to get that word of mouth going it's I don't know. You you'll understand being in business when you get that first little thing. If you if you own your own company and you're running around and doing stuff, anything, it's like a it's like an inner high. It's like yeah. an adrenaline yeah. rush. You know what I mean, right? It's like every order, everything that was coming in, you're doing it yourself. Like you are 
pounding the payment. Like Matt and I talk about this. He goes, we have very complimentary to each other. It's like, he goes, we wouldn't be where we are today if it wasn't for you pounding the payment, jumping on a plane, flying around, doing 100,000 miles a year in the air, driving everywhere. But I also said to him, I said, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you making sure quality control, everything gets tested before it gets out. Um, we manufacture everything in-house. Um, the product itself stands up, like all the little things. Yeah, my plastics background with antimicrobial agents and different things we did in those industries really helped kind of change it to what we've done. But if he wasn't running it and steering the ship inside, I couldn't be outside doing what I was doing. So it's worked out as a perfect marriage between the two of us on that side. Absolutely. And when we first really met, I actually reached out because we were doing some testing on some light bulbs and heat mats. And I reached out and I'm like, yeah. hey, can I get a free bat? And you guys, I thought I was just going to get laughed out. And you guys were like, what are you doing? And I told you, and you're like, absolutely. And so like you were yep. so committed to the improvement for the industry that it, it was really awesome. When you think yep. about, I guess, as a business owner today, what is the most important thing to you when you continue to grow and build your reputation and bring value back to producers? I'd say the biggest thing I, I look for everything in our company right now is the people. Um, I'm a big people person. I'm a big believer in, in hiring the right people, hiring good people with good values. We don't just go out there and just hire anybody. So like hiring sales staff, who's going to be the face of your company? Who's going to run your company? Who's going to run this company and meet with producers, meet with clients that I built a relationship with? Who's going to take over that? You can't be there. You can't be everywhere. You've noticed that yourself. You're having to hire more salespeople. So I'm very picky on who to hire. A lot of companies just hire people for a warm seat. Hey, let's just hire someone, get them out there recycling the same people. I hate saying that, but you, you see this, you see in the industry, there's a lot of people have been around with five, six, seven different companies. You know, we didn't want that. We wanted someone, we wanted the people that, hey, you know what? They're long-term, they really believe in it um, and be a good face of the company, as well as internally. How do you find someone, the right person to run production inside a company that we built? So Matt's, he's getting people in, in like different shift supervisors, people that We'll run it just like he would or um, QC control, just exactly like he does. So it, people is the number one asset of any of these companies out there so, that you've seen are successful. So when we, when we were talking earlier about the, the high of, of growing yeah. a business, it's exciting, to get a, it's exciting to get a meeting and get oh. to know in the individuals. Yes. It's exciting to get a sale. It's yeah. exciting to get an expansion. But... To me, and I'm curious, it's probably the same for you from our prior conversations. When you hear a customer speak positively about the experience they had from something you built, that means oh. far more than any sale. When a customer, yes. when you can build that relationship and get to know them as individuals and provide as much as you can for each other, it gets even better. But nothing is quite as great as having a customer come and tell you that one of your team members transformed their team, their life, their business. Yep. There's so much pride with you and your team. Like you said, you're very selective. And yep. I'd say if there was any group of individuals that attend shows, 
none could make a um, like a King of the Hill show more real or whatever a sitcom more real than you, Matt, Mike, Boyd, and Steve. Can you tell us oh. a little bit about your team, those dynamics? Yeah. And you got any good stories that can help us help us kind of illustrate who is Hog Hearth? Who is yeah. Innovative Heating? Uh, yeah, I should say Innovative Heating, not Hog Hearth. But who is Innovative Heating? Yeah, it's it, sometimes I look at it, I'm like, wow, how did I get associated with these people? My wife says it all the time to me. She goes, how did you find these people? How did this happen? There is happen? proof now she exists, right? Somebody saw yes. her. <laughs> yes, as many of you guys still uh, probably have heard. Everybody who harasses me about how come your wife never attends any of the shows? How she never she does any of this stuff? So she actually was over in Europe with me. And uh, yeah, um, clients and colleagues and people in the industry actually got to meet her. She had a blast over there meeting a lot of people. But yeah, they were right. They were harassing me right up to the end. They could not believe. They were actually impressed. Actually, at one point they said to her, they go, it was amazing. We've seen pictures of you. I can't believe you found someone that actually looked exactly like that picture and brought her to Germany. <laughs> And brought her to Europe to meet us. So yeah, it was kind of funny. Before so, before we get to the team members, yeah, you left your job, you bought a business, yep. you travel all the time. What kind of a role has your wife played in all of this? She is the anchor of everything here. Like, you know what? If you don't have support at home, if you don't have someone that pushes you to go do stuff, it's the trust factor. She knows, hey, what are you doing every night? She knows I'm sitting on the computer, I'm watching sports, I'm doing whatever when I'm out of town. It's the utmost of trust in everything you're doing in your life. If there's no trust and no communication, this would not be happening. So it's kind of one of those things that's like, hey, I'm traveling here. I'm traveling there. If there's no jealousy, there's nothing. So completely trust everything I'm doing. Um, yeah, that's it's a big thing in communication every day. You got any tips for individuals when you get home after traveling forever? I know you do some creative stuff. Yeah, so uh, one of the big things, I know you and I have talked about this, is we have a ritual. I'm always flying back in late in afternoons or nights or whatever. A lot of times it's Fridays. What we do Fridays is we order takeout every Friday. You know what? There's nothing worse. You've been eating out all week, eating at restaurants, breakfast, lunch, dinner with people. And you're coming home and you're kind of like, you know what? I'm just going to order in and we can just sit there. Neither one of us want to be cooking for an hour and a half, crack a ball of wine, sit down and just kind of discuss the week, communicate uh, about what both of us had happened during the week and then uh, ordering some sort of food. I pick it up a lot of times on the way back from the airport, um, let her choose or I choose, and we just support a couple of the small restaurants in our community, different ones every time. And yeah, it's it's the only way we could do it is something like that because the last thing I want to do is flying for eight hours. You get home, it's like, okay, now I'm going to go buy some stuff. And it's just an easier way to do it. So that's one of our reconnect things every week we almost every friday is like okay we order and sit down crack a ball of wine and just talk about the week let's circle back to your team who yeah. is innovative heating okay so we kind of got this motley crew of people so you got matt <laughs> yeah matt is a well all mats are problems that's the first rule right <laughs> shit that's what you know so um a lot of people probably oh you know what how about this oh I'll prove to you I know something different about every guy here in my team or the people, the key people that are out there. And, um, yeah, Matt could not ask for a better business partner out there. Completely trust each other, everything we do together. It's it's amazing. Um, one of the interesting things people probably don't know about him, they can ask him when they see him, the guy can rip a guitar. He oh, yeah? plays guitar. He's in a band. 
So he's still a weekend warrior. He still plays, but he traveled all over the country with this, uh, with a band. He is lead guitarist and go on YouTube. You can Google him. He's out there, but he plays guitar. Um, he's kind of growing up now that he's in his forties. He's not doing as much. He calls himself a weekend warrior, but yeah, he's a huge music guy and has a passion for hating Nickelback. That's one of the <laughs> well, big that is things. Good to know. That is good to know. Yeah, you'll have to ask him about that. So, yeah, that's good to know. Then you got Mike. Have to... Mike's a good guy. Yeah, Mike selling the LED side of our company. Lives in Washington, not too far from you guys. Great guy. Um, has beautiful wife, three daughters. Uh, Mike said to me at one point, he didn't even know the toilet seat lifted up in his house. That was a big <laughs> thing. Um, you know what? When it comes to customer service, that guy, he will service a client beyond belief. We had clients order a hundred LEDs. We have a warehouse down uh, close to his house. He'll put them in his truck and drive three hours to go see that customer. He's going, people forget customer service. There is service there for the customer. He's always pushing that button. He wants to be in front of people. He wants to do that. So, and the other cool part about him is our LED division, the light we develop, the one we have made him and I, it started with him and I scratching on a piece of paper uh, probably about six years ago. And then we just, I asked him, I said, you want to do this? Come on, I'll front it. And then that's where he started with us. So that led light is all because of him and I just sitting down at a trade show talking. That is um, cool. Yeah. So now you got Steve, Steve Stensline. Hey, he's been in the industry forever. Old dog knows more about pigs than, oh man, than I would ever imagine. Uh, Interesting story. Two interesting stories about Steve. You're going to love this. Um, we're sitting down talking in Ohio right before I hired him. And him and I were kind of bantering back and forth for about a year. We did business together when he was running um, Imo Farms. So he used our mats. He knew everything about it. And we became really good buddies. And we're chatting. And you were at all these trade shows. You knew Steve was running around and yeah. doing his thing and wanting to stay in the industry. And I went out for dinner with him and his wife. We're sitting down. And we're talking and his wife says to me, he goes, yeah, Steve came over one. Like he said to me one day, he goes, I think Chris is trying to hire me. And I started laughing. I said, well, I gave Steve way too much credit. He's not as smart as I thought he did. thought he was, man. I've been trying to hire him for like eight months. <laughs> so that's where that started. I trust the guy. He's just an amazing guy. Um, the other thing most people don't realize, the guy can golf. Man, last year, sent me a text. Guy shot one under par at his home course. Oh wow, um, he's pretty good. Yeah, he can play. He went down to a tournament, uh, a state uh, pork congress. They had a golf tournament out there. A uh, client I know really well. Steve went down there and, and played in their foursome. Guy phones me after and says, "Hey, anytime he can come play in our group, man. We finished in <laughs> second place, and I don't think anybody else hit a shot. We think we <laughs> used every shot of Steve's the whole damn round." So, yeah. Um, last but not least, we just hired a guy, uh, I guess it would have been late last year, Boyd. I, you've met Boyd, Boyd Rice. Oh, he's a character. Uh, oh, my God. I have never laughed so hard in my life riding with this guy. Every day is an adventure with him. But, man, he loves customers. He does not. He'll jump in a barn. He does. He'll be in the barn. He'll stay for wee hours. He doesn't think anything of it. Like he is all about service, um, wants to learn, but uh, the guy is hilarious. One of the 
there's two weird things about Boyd. I never knew. Um, he's, uh, he's an auctioneer as well, which is really funny when you start talking. He's certified auctioneer, which is hilarious. It'd be funny talking. to watch him run an auction. Oh, my Lord. And the other thing is, I don't know if you know this about him. Um, he races wiener dogs. What? Yeah, I didn't know this was a thing either. <laughs> He's got wiener dogs, and he does wiener dog racing down in Texas every year. It's like a thing. He showed me video. I have never laughed so hard, and he's passionate <laughs> about wiener dog racing. So it's quite funny. So, yeah, when you, uh, when you meet him next time, you're going to have to bring that up. So what was uh, there, there's a pretty good story about him coming to Canada for the first time. Yeah, he, uh, oh, man. So, boy, came, comes to Canada, comes to our plant. We're doing some training. Um, first time to Canada. He's got his passport. There's not a stamp in it. He comes in, and he's all mad. Nobody at, at Canadian Border Security has actually stamped his passport. He was not happy about that at first. He was going to get his first stamp. He never got that. And then we're sitting around talking. He's like, is it okay to drink the water up here out of the tap? And I'm like, man, boy. Really, we're not a third world country. So yeah, there's every day's an adventure with Boyd. It's so, it really funny. I said we have a group text thread between all of us. There's always some sort of banter. We keep it light. You know what? Keeping it light with everybody, banter back and forth. We're always laughing at ourselves. It's just it really creates an amazing team. It's one of the things that yeah, just keeps everybody motivated and everybody moving in the same direction, helping each other out. It's, 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 a, it's pretty cool to see. So building a team's an adventure, but also building a company. So now circle back to the company. You bought this company, you rebranded this company, you established new rapport, ran trials, brought yep. a product to the market that is now probably used in, in a majority, it feels like, of the market. I mean, it's, it's, it's growing fast. Maybe not quite a majority. It's growing fast. Yes. Can you tell us some of the adventures that you had to go on on this oh, journey? Man. And I know China yeah. is one of them, but what, oh. tell us a few adventures. Okay. So let's, uh, yeah, I still remember it would have been 2013, right after we bought the company. I, we did some stuff with the government um, and the university of Manitoba. They had some um, students that were from China. And so I ended up on a trip to China to go over and visit them. And then I was doing some other research over there on the LED side. We were doing a lot of different things back then. And so I had this trip to China, never been to China before. And I'm talking, I'm not going to Shanghai. I'm not going to Beijing. <laughs> and I didn't really know, I, I didn't know what to expect. So I, I fly into Beijing, catch my next connection to Chongqing. I don't know if you know where that is, Chongqing. but it's, yeah. it, it's a long ways inland and the food is spicier than you can imagine. So, so land in Chongqing, um, Decent size. It's a big city. Like I think there's 10, 15 million people live in this city. So it's not like it's, it's huge. Um, and in the region of Chongqing, there's like 30 million people, but it's also almost a two hour flight inland from uh, Shanghai. So it's, it's quite a ways in. So land in Chongqing, get there. I, I'm going to be gone for like a week and a half. Being that type of traveler at that time. Now I'm strictly carry on everywhere I go. Can't do it. Had a bag packed. They lose my luggage in Chongqing. Cannot find it. Cannot communicate with anybody at the airport, basically. I have a translator who's on the phone. It's late at night. She goes, just get to the hotel. They had someone pick me up. So I head, head to the hotel, sleep. 
she comes and gets me in the morning. We're going to be driving for four hours inland. So you got to imagine this. I have no clothes. All I got is a briefcase, computer, basic business guy. I got nothing. She's on the phone with the with Air China talking and screaming at them and like literally screaming and turns around to me in the back seat of this van and says, ask a couple of questions and back and forth, back and forth. And we're driving on this highway. You're not going to believe this. We pull off into the side of the highway. It's like six lanes. And I'm like, I, I don't have a clue what's going on here. We're parked. And I'm like, okay, people are doing 60 miles an hour by you, ripping down the highway. We're not even an offering. We're just on the side of the highway. I'm like, what is going on? I don't know these people very well. I'm in a foreign <laughs> country. I've never been there before. I'm not a super experienced traveler at that point. And she goes, just wait, wait a second. We're, we got your luggage. What? And up pulls this derelict old beat up pickup truck with an old canopy on it. Pulls up right in front of this van we're in, right? They get me. They go, get out, get out, go to this, go to this truck. They open the back of this canopy and it's full of luggage. I mean, like there's 40 suitcases in this thing. They're like, which one's yours? I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I see it. I grab it. We jump back in the van and then we're on a four hour drive. It was like, what the heck? So, uh, and I know where you're going on this one because uh, on this drive, you and I have discussed this. It was, uh, I realized there's different cultures in this world and different things that are, they're not in North America. We're very, um, yeah, we don't get to see a lot of, um, of different ways other cultures are. So we're driving along two and a half hours in. They're like, let's stop for lunch. We're in the middle of some country town rolling in. And uh, it was my first experience being in a, a restaurant in the country in China in the middle of nowhere. Uh, two and a half hours out of Chongqing inland and uh, walk into the bathroom, got to clean my hands and that I walk in, I'm looking, there is literally no toilets. There's nothing. There's just holes in the ground. And there's someone using the hole in the ground. I basically shut the door to the bathroom, walk back out. And I'm going, I guess I'm, I can wait for another couple hours till we get to our hotel where we're going. It oh, your reenactment just, of the guy's face when he walked in the door. Oh, that, that, that's that's just pure gold. So it it, I like, encourage everyone to ask him about that when you when you meet yeah, him. You, you don't want to lock eyes. That's what happens. It's <laughs> it's crazy. It was a very uh yeah, interesting experience. I hope I don't get in too much trouble here telling this story. But yeah, that was uh that was my first trip to China. Let's put it this way, I've been back since I haven't been back in obviously four years now. Um, but yeah, after that it was I, I knew what to expect when I went the second time and third time. So yeah, it's crazy. I haven't been back in four years either. It's just with, with COVID there's, there's no going back there and uh, food no. wasn't that good there. I can say that. No, I can tell you. And it's different regions have different food, right? When you go to Chongqing, it's a lot of hot pot and spice. Like if you are not into spice, it is basically just peppers and spice and oil. And man, it, uh, it'll do a number on your stomach if you're not used to it. So any other trips that uh, caught you by surprise or, or were pretty exciting? I mean, with your, with your yeah. in entrepreneurship and business ownership, you have some really bad trips. And you got some yeah. really good ones too. And you just play it by ear and it, you, you, get, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, you just roll with it, right? Like I've been on flights where I was in Greece and 
I said, the more you travel, the more you get used to anything that could happen. Yeah. So we, I was flying out of Athens and I was driving to the airport. My wife was with me and all of a sudden she says to me, she goes, how close are we to the airport? And I said, oh, about two and a half kilometers, three kilometers. It's not very far. And she says to me, she goes, why isn't there any planes flying? Like, what do you mean? Pull in, the whole airport went on strike. Nobody phones you. <laughs> you show up. There is literally just people sitting there. So you make the best of it. They get you a hotel. You do your thing. They change you on your flights. But you see people panicking. And it's, it's tough because you're watching people panic. But the more you do this yourself, you know, you just roll with the punches. You got to be easy going. You got you to gotta roll with it and just make a change. It's like, oh, well, I got to spend an extra day in Athens. I got to spend an extra night in a hotel. Oh, well, just roll with it. I've been stuck overseas, missed flights overseas. We've all been there. It's the only thing I don't do is go to the sketchy Airbnbs like you do. Oh, that's that's yeah. a whole other world. Yeah, yeah. If it's just me or if it's just Abe, I I try to cut cost, and so I end up in some pretty <laughs> sketchy situations sometimes. Um, exactly. Yeah, there was this one time Abe and I were at uh, Ho Chi Minh City Airport, Vietnam, and uh, we're exhausted. And I plug in my phone, and it starts a whole fire. Like we're talking a three, four foot flame. And and I'm like I'm like trying to like blow it on it, and it goes out. The whole wall is black, and I and I and I go over. I'm like, oh, there's just a fire, like the thing. And they they look at me and they're like, sit down, sir. Like they didn't care, didn't face them at all. Oh, uh, it's crazy. But all right, so oh, circle man. things back. We had talked about some of the efficiency savings and um, the rebates and stuff. But when it comes to sustainability, it's a big point of topic in the world. How are your customers talking about sustainability? They're talking, they're talking about feed. They're talking about water. They're talking about energy. They're trying to put their best foot forward. Um, and when they install our stuff, we can help them with it. It's really interesting. Like we're doing some work in South America and they came back and we're doing side-by-side studies. And it's like, they came back with 65% energy savings. Oh, wow. And now you're talking about, you're talking about places where it's not eight, 10 cents a kilowatt hour like we are in North America. We're talking 26 cents, like insane prices for electricity. It's a lot less stable. Um, Southern Asia is the same way. You get into some of those countries, electricity is very, very expensive. We take it for granted in North America, but even in North America, like I'm seeing over 50%. I had one client come back to me and tell me he's saving uh, north of 50 cents for wean pig and electricity, like he was documenting. That's just crazy. Like, it's, it's a huge number. And then on top of that, you've got all the other things that go with it, where a product that lasts longer. You don't have to throw it in the garbage. How much garbage do you take out of the dumpster by not throwing out heat lamps, going through three of them a, a crate per month, uh, per year, sorry. And so you're taking a lot of stuff out. But that's what we're really seeing is we're working with a lot of customers on their sustainability. Um, sitting down, running numbers, putting stuff in their barns where they can actually run um, side-by-side tests of rooms um, with different controller companies um, or just looking at a lamp versus a mat and looking at what they throw away and, and really working with them. And it's, it's, it's helping them. It's just, it's better for the environment at the end of the day. We all know we all live here. We've all taken it for granted over the years, but obviously there has to be a change at some point. So we're just doing our best, putting our best foot forward to, to help people with that change. So is there anything new that your company's working on and anything that you can expect to see here in the short term or, yeah. or medium? Yeah, we have about 
four or five different R&D projects going on right now, um, all new. Um, a couple of them are in the commercial uh, personal side, so it wouldn't be on the ag side. So we still have the commercial heating. We still do some of that residential heating and that. Um, we've been doing a lot of research, and you probably, everybody's probably seen it with Purdue, Dr. Schenkel, uh, Dr. Stewart, and Dr. Johnson, like them. They're working on heat stress with sows. We signed an agreement last year um, doing a lot of trialing with removing heat stress from sows, uh, cooling pads. Uh, so we're creating a different type of microenvironment. So a lot of information is coming forward on that. We're in the midst of some more um, extending the trials. So hopefully we'll have a working model, everything ready to show at World Pork this year, which is our, our, our goal. But in the background, we have all these trials. So we're just collecting data. We're collecting data at Purdue. We're collecting data with a couple of very good customers. Um, internally, we have trials going on. And everything coming back right now is very positive. So just reducing heat stress, another thing in, in the line uh, in a farrowing barn. Yeah, in a farrowing barn, even in a boar stud. It's actually nothing was more, nothing was a better sales image. And I, I swear you guys should use this. But I'm talking yeah. with Al a year or two ago. And he's like, you got to see this. So we put these with boars and he's like, these, yeah. these cooling pads work so well that this boar yeah. was sleeping, sitting upright with its head leaning against the, th this boar was not in a comfortable position, but he was putting yes. himself in this position so he could rest his balls on the cooling pad. And so he's just like passed out head against the crate, sleeping upright, just so he could get his yes. balls on the, and he said, this is a normal thing. And I just, I, I thought it was the funniest thing, but it's. Oh. It was it was the greatest testimonial. The boar was, sleeping as uncomfortably as it was, yeah. to get rid of his heat stress. <laughs> we were it was crazy because yeah, um, Dr. Schickel did a presentation a little while ago, and you can pull it off of YouTube actually at Purdue. I, I can send anybody the link who wants it. And he's talking about it, and out of nowhere, he comes out and he says, "This is my uh, least politically correct thing I'm going to do today." And he actually puts that picture on. The screen in part of his PowerPoint. And it's just a coming from Dr. Schenkel, the guy is brilliant. He's so <laughs> smart. He's pretty dry. But when you see him put it on, it just it's it's so funny. It's just amazing what you're seeing. So yeah, that's another thing we're working on is, is bore stud, heat stress bore studs, trying to keep it from having to be air conditioned. So yeah. That that's, that's awesome. So to wrap things up here, I'd like to ask you for a golden nugget, a bit of life wisdom that you would like to share with listeners. I would say my big thing in life, I've always been about it, is change. Um, a mentor of mine before, he basically told me, he says, you know what? Nothing great in this world ever happens without making a change or someone making a change. You got to, so basically I look at it that way. You, you accept it or you get run over by it sometimes and you can get left behind. So that change doesn't mean, hey, you know what? I'm not telling people, go out, quit your job and start a company that was basically bankrupt and buy the assets and, and run it like what we did. It's a little extreme probably. Um, but if you're not happy in what you're doing, you need to look at changing, changing something in your life, changing your job. You can always go back. If you're the, let's just say you manage a barn, you can be the best barn manager out there. And, but you want to do something else. You want to grow. You're not happy in the position. You can always go do something else. And if you're that good at what you're doing, someone will take you back. Someone will take you back or you can go somewhere else. There's always an opportunity to go back if you're good at what you're doing. If you're just not happy, 
just make a change because if you don't, you're not going to, you're not going to grow as a person. We're on this earth way too short and you spend so much time at work. You got to think you probably spend 50 hours a week working 60 by the time you add your travel time, 60 hours, you're not enjoying it. You need to do something else or try something else. That's the big thing I look at in this world is change. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So how can individuals get a hold of you if they have any questions and uh, want to learn yeah. more? I'd go on the website um, or just email me, give me a call. Um, I don't know if it's a good thing to hand my What's the website? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Innovative Heating Technologies, um, IH Tech, if you guys want to look it up online, you'll find us. We're based out of uh, Manitoba, Canada, and that's where our manufacturing plant is. We're just in the midst. Talk about stress um, is we're building a new manufacturing facility right now. So it's uh, all hands on deck, moving machinery, doing all that for the next three, four months. So it's, it's pretty hectic time. But yeah, by all means, anybody wants any information, any data, wants to do studies, wants to try something out, please reach out to us. Um, my contact information is there. Steve, Boyd, Mike, Matt, any of us, we can help you out. Awesome. So before we wrap up, I asked a question. I'm going to make it a little harder for you, though, because you, you're so transparent. Everybody probably already knows it'll be harder. But what's Damn. something unique about yourself most people in the industry do not know from your childhood? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, my childhood. Wow. Well, let me, I'll give you a couple things here. This is a good one. Um, I am the youngest in an interestingly large Brady Bunch family. I have five brothers and two sisters. Wow. They're kind of a Brady Bunch family. My parents were both married before, um, divorced kids, and then I'm the only child from their marriage. So it's kind of like this Brady Bunch plus one. Crazy households growing up. A lot of amazing times in that. Um, Dad's hard worker, doing all that stuff. And as a Canadian, I'm probably one of the only ones you'd ever meet. My childhood, I have never in my life played ice hockey. Oh, really? There you go. That's yeah. a good one. Never strapped on a pair of skates. I've strapped on skates, skated around. Never actually been on an ice rink, shot a puck, never played ice hockey. We never did that growing up. Vancouver really didn't have much snow. My dad said, there's no way I'm taking you to hockey practice at five in the morning. I got to work. <laughs> no way I'm being part of that lifestyle. So we all played football. We played soccer. We played baseball. We did other activities. Never hockey. None of us kids ever played ice hockey as kids. Well, thanks for joining the Popular Pig Podcast. It's great to yeah. get you on. And it's great yeah. for individuals to get to know you better as a founder, as a, um, as a business owner, and as an individual who's constantly at these events interacting with people. So I really challenge everyone to stop by and say hi to Chris and Thank you. And I, and I hope the renovation or the, the manufacturing project for your facility goes well. Hey, thanks, Matt. It's been a pleasure. It's been too long. I know we've been talking about trying to do this for the last year, but I really appreciate you being patient and finally getting me on here. So for sure. Hey, have a great one. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Popular Pig. We aspire to learn and grow together through the experience and wisdom shared by our esteemed guests. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues within the swine industry. For more information, please go to popularpig.com to receive updates when new episodes are available.
Popular Pig is brought to you by SwineTech, the award-winning creators of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how PigFlow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com.